What's going on, everybody? I'm Kyle Richards, and welcome to the Abstract Sports Podcast, where we bring sports back to life with a fresh perspective on the game from abstract yet popular angles. We're coming at you live on Facebook, live on Instagram, what's going on, Charlie the Jedi, and live on Periscope. Jeffrey, I see you over there. I'm, I'm excited you guys are all here on all the different platforms. It makes me feel really special inside. But I'm going to try to respond to all the comments as we go. Periscope is really hard because comments show up and disappear like that. So I encourage you, if you're on Periscope especially, to head over to facebook.com slash abstractsports and watch it there. we got high-quality audio. Um, I don't know if you guys pay attention to the updates on social media or anything like that, but I definitely do. And Facebook just came out with their live feature on desktop. That hasn't been a thing you would think it would be, but um, it's easily accessible now. It used to only be on mobile, so I'm using that with a nice microphone. Uh, Becky on Facebook, I hope everything's coming through clearly for you. You let me know if it's not, all right? But we've got a lot to talk about today. But before we do, I do have to clarify some of my comments on the last podcast. I mentioned I was going to have a guest a guest, uh, or I was gonna have a, I was gonna have a co-host, my buddy Corbin, um, a good college buddy of mine. We go, we go back a handful of years, um, but we're really close. And he wants to get involved with the podcast. And in the last show, I mentioned that he was gonna be here on a Wednesday show, like like today. Um, but actually, what's gonna happen is he's gonna Skype in from a distance on a Wednesday show. So we'll have his audio and everything, and he'll be able to interact with me. You guys may not be able to see him. But he will be on the show, just you won't be able to see him. He won't be here, be here. Um, but he will be here, be here on a Saturday. We're going to do an extra podcast for the NBA playoffs when those roll around. Uh, we'll get into the thick of things. It's just going to be a show about NBA playoffs. So if that's your jam, you'll want to be there for that. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram for all the details um, as they come up and as I find out what they are. So. Without further ado, we got a lot of things going on, so let's just dig right in, everybody. Um, so recent things on the blog. This is going to lead into MLB. It's, I'm going to talk about MLB in the show. Um, a lot of the blog happenings lately lead straight into MLB. So we're going to just talk about both of those things in one go. So actually, Charlie the Jedi here on Instagram, he is a good another good college buddy of mine. Like We're super close. He lives way over on the East Coast, but we're still really close, I would say. Um, he invited me to a fantasy baseball league, and if you listened to the last podcast, he mentioned me. Uh, him, He gave me some advice, and he said, hey, man, you could use it as research for the blog. And I told him, you know what? You got me there. I Sign me up. So we did our draft this last Saturday, and I want to talk to you guys about some of that, um, and we'll lead that right into MLB. So... The league is called the Vandals League because pretty much everybody in there went to the University of Idaho. If not, they're close to somebody who attended the University of Idaho. It's a bunch of it's me and a bunch of my college friends, um, and it's been a lot of fun so far. You know, it's only been a few days of the MLB season, but to start it off, I always have to have a fantasy team that's got like the best name in the league or the weirdest name or something like that. You know. Uh, but also, because I'm a graphic and web designer, I have to design a logo. And so, in the Vandals League, I came up with the team name of the Milky Way McDingerberries. <laughs> and some of you are probably thinking, like, Dingleberries? What? That's gross. What are you, what are you talking about? 
But let's be honest, who doesn't call their good friends dingleberries every once in a while? Um, but I named my team around my player, Melky Cabrera, um, just so that I had a good city name, Melky Way. You know how people always mess up the word milk. They call it Malk and Melk and Meowk. Like they never say milk. Milk. Char Char Charlie the Jedi from Instagram just joined on Facebook. He says he calls folks dingleberries, so get on the train, everybody. Um, so it's the Milky Way McDingerberries, and if you're a baseball fan, you know the word dinger is another word for a home run. And the logos, you know the classic cherry tattoo that every girl gets, usually on their hip, in a, you know, a provocative spot on their body? Well, it's that classic cherry tattoo, but it's not a tattoo, you know, it's a, a logo. Um, but... Instead of cherries, they're baseballs. <laughs> so it's really clever. And then I have like the background image of a, like the Milky Way in the background. So Milky Way McDingerberries. There you go. I threw the Mick in McDingerberries just for a little bit of the alliteration or the uh, consonants. I don't know, whatever you call that. Charles told me what it was the other day. But I had to have two N's in there. So that's what I did. But anyways, let's talk about how the draft went. Um... I think I did okay from the people that I've heard talk to me about my lineup. They've said that I have a lot of uh, offensive power, which I agree with, but my pitching game is a little bit weak. And honestly, I don't really know. My best pitcher is Justin Verlander. He was one of my top three picks. I knew I had to get at least one really good starting pitcher. And I know he's, some say he's past his time. Some say like he's, he's kind of fell flat the last couple of years, had an injury there, I think. Um, but I picked him up. And partially I picked him up because he's my wife's favorite player. Um, but I knew he was also going to be a starting pitcher and going to be putting in a lot of innings. So I picked him up. But let me go through the actual order of how I picked people. Um, I have to pull up a different tab here, actually. That way you can get an idea of why my lineup is good or bad, um, <laughs> determined by the order in which I picked people. Um, so let me just head over here to abstractsports.com and check out my lineup. <laughs> Charles on Facebook says Verlander picked up last season so he could be a value pick if he keeps it up that's what I'm hoping for man I'm hoping I can at least beat you this year in the fantasy baseball league so I'm just going to kind of rattle through these I don't want to name them all off because it, there's a lot of players in this draft but my, I'll tell you like my top 10 picks it'll give you a good idea of where I'm sitting and I'll oh, screw it I'll go through all of them so in order I picked up Chris Bryant from the Chicago Cubs um, he did really well last year, obviously on the reigning champs, Chicago Cubs team. Um, I really like the dude too. I'm, I'm kind of partial to guys who are just good guys in general. Um, welcome to Instagram, a rockin' Cosmo. Last? I don't know what you mean, man. I'm confused. So I have Chris Bryant, Justin Verlander, Buster Posey, which I'm surprised I got in the third round. Mike Moustakis, who actually played for a team here in my hometown of Idaho Falls, Idaho, and I picked him sort of partially out of that, but I know that he's on a previously previous championship team in the Kansas City Royals. I got Javier Baez for the Chicago Cubs. I think he's a character, but he's also really good doing those no-look tags and stuff in the, in the World Baseball Classic. Um, Hanley Ramirez, Boston Red Sox, DJ LeMahieu, uh, Jose Ramirez, Jock Peterson, he's been doing really well for me. Um, I think he had a grand slam the other day. I'm pretty sure he did. One of my players did put up a ton of points for me. 
Um, Becky Meyer, on, or sorry, Becky on Facebook says, good call on Bryant. Thank you. I'm glad I picked him up. He's going to do good for me throughout the entire season. I'm not too worried about him. It was a grand slam, says Charles. Yeah, I thought so. Um, but what's cool is the guy like right after him um, on the Dodgers, he hit a, a solo shot, so that was pretty fun. Uh, and then I have Randall Grichuk. He's the guy who hit the walk-off single on opening night Sunday for against the Cubs. Um, got Melky Cabrera, the, the name tag of my franchise. And I'm just going to rattle through the rest of these. Jarrell Cotton. And there was a certain point where I, I realized I, I needed to pick up a whole bunch of pitchers. And so I was like, crap, I have to get pitchers. And so there are a string of picks that are just all pitchers, you know, relief pitchers, starting pitcher, relief pitcher, starting pitcher. Mostly relief pitchers, honestly. That's where I'm hurting is they're all relief pitchers. Um, but I got Jarrell Cotton, J.A. Happ. Um, he, uh, one of my buddies says that he's supposed to be a rookie of the year candidate this year. Uh, Charles on Facebook says, my guy Yasmani Grandel to that game. Nice. That dude is he's good. I watched him play a little bit. I'm, I'm impressed with that guy. Plus he has a cool name. I like it. Um, I've got Andrew Benintendi. He did really well for me the other day. Azdrubal Cabrera, Cam Bedrosian, Ty Black, Dan Otero, Addison Reed, Tony Watson, Hector Neris, Brett Gardner, Marcus Simeon, Max Kepler, and Nick Markakis. So that's my lineup right there. I'm, I'm okay with it. Because I'm new to baseball, I'm still trying to figure out uh, the ins and outs of a fantasy baseball team. So I'm going to let it sit for a week or two. You know, the, the season is super long. So I'm just going to let it ride for a little bit until I start realizing, okay, this guy's not being very productive for me, and I'll pick somebody else up. Um, so that's my lineup. And uh, where I'm sitting right now, I'm sitting in fourth place, and there's 10 teams in our league. One of them is fake. Um, one person in our league didn't respond to the email, so we have a, just one team that's hoarding players. But you know what? That's all right. Um, kind of makes it a little bit interesting. But I'm sitting in fourth place. I've been in third place pretty much all this week. Um, been going up and down in, uh, in a few categories. We're doing the Roto category scoring, which is all really new to me. Charles has been keeping me up to date with that. Um, I appreciate that, man. I really do. I had no idea what that even meant. And I was like, why is my score going backwards? <laughs> and I, I'm guessing it had something to do with that. So, yeah, fantasy baseball. It's been a lot of fun. Um, there's been a lot of uh, trash talk between me and all the guys in the league. I mean, you know, we all went to college together, and um, we all, a lot of us lived in the same building, so we had a, had, we have some good trash talk going on. Uh, Becky on Facebook says, Markakis is fielding well tonight. That's good to hear. I, I'm glad I have viewers who, who keep me up to date on how my players are doing because I'm doing this instead. <laughs> I really appreciate it, Becky. Um, but just to give a recap of how my players have done, I told you about Randall Gritchuk from the Cardinals hitting a walk-off single to beat the Cubs. Sorry, Charles. I know he, he's a big Cubs fan. Um, and then opening day on uh, April 3rd, Jock Peterson hit a line drive grand slam. Look up the replay on that thing. It was nuts. He, the ball was really high and inside, and he just kind of swung it, swung his bat really tight. He's a lefty, so it was more like this. And somehow it went out. It was out of the park within like two seconds, it seemed like. I was, that blew me away. Um, but then I was saying, Yasmani Grandel, yeah, like Charles was saying, he followed up with his own solo shot. Um, and then Andrew Benintendi for the Red Sox. He's been doing really well just in general. Um, but one thing I do want to highlight in, in the MLB, with, which I thought was really interesting, Madison Bumgarner uh, launched two solo home runs. He's the first pitcher to ever do that on opening day. 
He went two for two, all home runs, both solo shots, so two RBIs. Um, Charles on Facebook says, another replay to suggest is the Adam Wainwright wild pitch from last night. Worst pitch I may have ever seen. And if it's the one that I'm thinking of, is it the one where the guy gets hit and then while he's like trying to steal a base, he gets hit again, and then when he's sliding into home, he gets hit in the head and he's concussed? Is it the same guy? Because that guy had a terrible fifth inning, if that's the case. <laughs> I feel really bad for him. But, yeah, let me know. Because there's been some crazy stuff already happening um, with Madison Bumgarner doing that and uh, walk-off single. Charles says, uh, no, that was same game, but Wainwright threw it straight into the ground in front of him. Oh, my goodness. That's something I would do. Let's, let's be honest. Um, and let's see. But Bumgarner also had a perfect game up through the fifth inning, and then he gave up three runs in the sixth inning, had 11 strikeouts, no walks. Solid season opener for him, but you know he's going to do really well. Uh, Becky says, nope, looks like a bad first pitch by. Okay. She's she's like texting fast or something. I don't know what she's saying. Looks like a bad first pitch by. Okay. So that's baseball and recent blog happenings. If you want to read recent articles on the blog, go to abstractsports.com. Um, pretty good stuff over there. Um basketball let's get into the nba here so a few pretty cool stories going on i mean with the playoffs are coming up if you're if you're a fan you know that but the talk of the entire league is russell westbrook going for the record of most triple doubles in a season since oscar robertson back in 62 63 and since the last podcast on wednesday last wednesday he's notched four more triple doubles so you know he probably played in about four games in that seven-day span, all triple-doubles. And as of, let's see, yeah, last night, as of last night, he had 41 triple-doubles on the season. And speaking of that, he's actually working on the record right now. He's playing a game against the the Memphis Grizzlies. And if, Steve, if Steven is in on the Facebook podcast... He's probably shaking in his boots. He's a big Grizzlies fan. Um, so far in this game, Westbrook has put in 18 minutes. He has 16 points. He's 5 of 10, shooting pretty well from the field, 50%. Uh, 1 for 4 from 3. And he's got 5 free throws made. For rebounds, he's got 3 rebounds. No, I'm looking at the wrong guy. No, that's right. 3 rebounds, 5 assists. So he's got the points. He needs 7 more assists and 5 rebounds. And it's halftime right now. But if if you've seen Westbrook play, you know <laughs> you know that he's going to get that triple double against the Grizzlies. Steven did show up on Facebook. Says it's not happening tonight. <laughs> you know what? He's actually lower in the stat column than he usually is going into the half. So you might have something there. Charles from Facebook says a friend from work said that some people are suggesting he's being allowed rebounds from his teammates, and that his lack of defense on three ball is indicative of, of him cherry-picking rebounds for triple-doubles. You know what? That's At the end of the day, what you want the game to be about is getting wins. And if, he's, if that's true, I mean, I, I have a feeling that there's something like that going on, where his teammates just like back off from a rebound when the, the team who just shot the ball just kind of going back down on defense. They just let him get the rebound so that he can rack up the stats. Ah, man. I'm not sure how I feel about that because – then you're just trying to go for the triple-double, and it's not really 
I don't know. Just play the game like it's supposed to be played. If you get the triple-double, nice. I mean, let's be honest, though. If he's got 41 triple-doubles at this point in the season, there's probably he's probably looking at the scoreboard often throughout the game so that he can make sure he's going to get a triple-double. So, Charles, I, unfortunately, I think that that is happening. Um, but, you know, the, the basketball fan of me says, I hope not. You know, rather have it be just natural. But, uh, man, interesting. I never did think about that, so thanks for bringing that up. Um, so, yeah, he's, it's halftime. He's working on it. As, we, as the second half starts, I will uh, I'll get, do another checkup on it maybe before the, the podcast ends and we can go from there. Um, but another, some more sad news in the NBA, though. More sad news? Not really any sad news yet, but uh, Derek Rose tore the meniscus in his left knee. Um, you can't help but feel bad for the dude. I mean, he won the MVP one year. Um, you know he's sort of like a, a chaotic, reckless type of point guard who just drives down the lane full force, goes up in the air and uh, hopes for some magic as he's, like, moving around and um, just adjusting a shot midair. So there's going to be some bumping around that happens, and it's going to catch him off guard. But uh, I didn't see how it actually happened. I didn't see the replay. But when you hear that news about Derrick Rose, you can't help but feel bad for him. Um, and you know he's he's been in the news recently for all other wrong all the other wrong reasons. I don't want to get into that really, but this just really this hurts him. I I wonder if he's going to uh, come back after this. You know he's been injured so much. If you look at his injury chart on his body, it is brutal. But I mean every NBA player gets injured in their career, but Derrick Rose has really taken a beating. Um, a rock and Cosmo on Instagram says tore his ACL again. I thought it was men- his meniscus. I thought it was his meniscus. Derek Rose injury report. I'm going to check you. Charles says he's a free agent after this season. Who do you think would want to pick him up? Oh, gosh. A team who would pick him up is probably somebody who's really desperate at the point guard position. Um, my my Lake, The Laker fan of me is like, oh, I bet the Lakers will pick him up. But they're pretty good at the point guard position, especially with uh, potentially uh, that ball kid going to L.A. like he says he wants to. Um, let's see. Recent news on Derrick Rose. I'm not really sure who'd want to pick him up, honestly. I, mean, I feel like most teams would just be like, he's, he's a liability at this point. We want to, we, if we pick up a guy like that, we want him to be productive. And I feel like a lot of teams won't think he'll be productive. What are your thoughts on it, Charles? I'm kind of curious. Um, he went uh, underwent a left knee arthroscopy for a medical meniscus tear on Wednesday. So meniscus tear, Cosmo, gotcha. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's just sad news. You hate to see that. So anyways, uh, NBA playoffs just around the corner. I believe they start in about 10 days. NBA playoffs schedule. Pretty sure they start in about 10 days. Yeah, April 15th is the first game of the playoffs. That's crazy to me. But I know that like most teams have about five or six games left at this point. Um, NBA playoffs begin April 15th. So you want to keep that in your calendar. Uh, Charles on Facebook about uh, Derrick Rose. I completely agree. I think at best he'll be a backup moving forward if he does, if he does secure a contract. Yeah, see, that's kind of what I think. I, I mean, I, he seems like a pretty quiet guy, but I know that he's really competitive and he, he just wants to win games. 
So I think you can bring a good atmosphere to a team. Um, and, you know, being an MVP, I feel like he's seen seen a lot of positive things in the NBA. He can probably spread some good word to his teammates. Um, but you're right. He, if anything, I feel like he would come off the bench if he does get one. That's a good point. So that's the NBA. Um, kept the basketball for NBA a little bit shorter just because we have NCAA to talk about. Some stuff went down over the weekend or this week, the other day, when the game was. <laughs> Um, so the, the national title is on the line between Gonzaga and UNC, UNC, University of North Carolina, both number one seeds. Um, wait, yeah, that's right. That's right. So South Carolina, what am I talking about? Oh, so South Carolina in the, in the final four, they only lost by four against Gonzaga, which was pretty Pretty uh, nail-biting there for a team who's number one and expected to win the whole thing. Charles says, go Tar Heels. He's a big UNC fan. I believe that his fanship in, the, in UNC goes back to the Jordan days. He's a fan of them because he went there, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. But um, Oregon had a few chances at the end of the UNC game a few days ago. Um, in the final seconds of the game, UNC kept missing free throws. They actually missed four free throws in a row. Um, but UNC kept on like jumping up and tipping the ball out to the perimeter, getting offensive rebounds. Two offensive rebounds in a row off of free throws with the game on the line, that's pretty big. That shows you that they wanted the game more than Oregon did. Um, they were only down one when the game ended. I'm pretty sure the game was like 77, 76, something like that. Um, I mean, I have the game, the Internet right in front of me. I just don't want to be like looking everything up. But uh, it was a really close game, and UNC just got the rebounds and ran the clock out, got some free throws. So bummer for Oregon. They couldn't pull it off. Um, but let's talk about the championship game. Uh, I'm going to make it kind of quick because, let's be honest, that game was kind of dirty and kind of lame for a national title game. It was close all the way through, which is what you want to see in a national championship game. But there are certain players who just weren't performing like they were supposed to, like Karnowski from Gonzaga. He just didn't dominate down low. He was missing wide-open layups. I saw one where he was backing, I, I believe it was Meeks. He was backing Meeks down in the post, and he sealed him off perfectly with his elbow. Like He, he planted with one foot, came around with his elbow, sealed him off, went up for a left-handed layup, and he just missed it. Like He just threw it short. And I think he was actually hurt in the last game. He got his eye poked. Um, so that probably didn't help with his depth perception. Per perception. Um, Charles on Facebook says, is Roy Williams one of the greatest college coaches of all time in your estimation? And where would you put him if you had to rank? Oh, my goodness. Putting me on the spot over here. Um, it's really hard for me to like just Google things on the spot. So I'm just going to give you the best answer I can. I'll be humble about it. Um, I think Coach K is probably one of the best. Probably a top spot in my book. Roy Williams is... He's right there. I mean, he he just got his 100th win. Or no. Yeah, 100th win or what in his 100th What is that right? Charles. You're embarrassing me. <laughs> I I think he's a really dapper dude though. He's always dressed up in suits. Always coming into the locker room celebrating with the team. Um, three titles, 
says that he is in a class by himself among other people. <laughs> I don't know. Charles says he's definitely won more than 100. Maybe a 100th tournament win. Yeah, that's what it was. I, I knew that the, the number 100 was in there. Um, his all-time record, just to give you guys some information, I'm looking this up on Wikipedia right now. His uh, all-time record is 398 and 115. With, that's a 78% 70, winning percentage. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Um, Three-time NCAA Division I tournament champion, championships, uh, one including this year. Um, nine regional championships in the final four. Man, he's he's got quite the resume. He's he's definitely got to be top five in my book. I mean, for not knowing a lot about NCAA basketball, you know, I follow more NBA, um, and even then, I'm not huge on the history of things. But Roy Williams has always been up there. Um, he's got to be in my top five, and I'm going to say that without knowing any other people besides Coach K and Roy Williams. So, so there's my my terrible answer for you, Charles. Um, but then uh, going back to the championship game, the second half was full of fouls. Um, it was kind of boring to watch this because it like the first 10 minutes of the second half took about an hour, like the first few minutes anyways. Um, and there were like 21 fouls with like 12 minutes to go in the second half. I think that's what we had found out. My good friend Micah checked it out. Um, but then with the, the game on the line, two minutes to go, there was a missed out-of-bounds call. It's been all over the Internet, and people are like, oh, what if, you know, the whole rabbit hole effect, what would have happened if the ref had called this? And basically there's a loose ball. Gonzaga was trying to get the ball back, and they're just kind of wrestling over it. And then Kennedy Meeks put his hand out-of-bounds as he was bracing himself to grab the ball. And it's definitely, it should have been an out-of-bounds call. And at that point in the game, I think Gonzaga was down by one. And they needed the ball to try to take the lead so that they can hold off UNC in the last minute. Um, but then to make the situation even worse, after UNC got that ball, they got the ball and took it down court. Uh, Nigel Williams-Goss, the big star for Gonzaga, um, he tweaked his ankle while trying to like cross the lane on, on, uh, on offense. And they ended up calling a timeout. And you know they took a long media timeout. He came back out there. You know, when you're a player, you you want to be the guy that's in there for your team. You want to be there. You want to win it for your team. That's just the nature of the competitor. But in a situation like that, where you need, you know, one basket, I, th I think they were down three at that point. They needed one good basket, and he he comes in and he takes like a a leaner, like a backwards leaner, almost like a Dirk fadeaway shot. And it fell super short, hit the front of the rim. UNC got the rebound. And it was really sloppy from there. Um, but he also tried taking another shot to, in, in the last seconds of the game, UNC just blocked the crap out of it, took the ball down the court, and that was game. So kind of a, I don't know, a lame national championship. But then again, you can't, like, I feel like you can't really say that because you know that everything's on the line in the national championship. It's just that I think we're we've been so spoiled with sports this year that we look at that game and we're like, oh, that was lame. When really, you know, last year we got to witness a buzzer beater to win the championship by Villanova. That's like the most exciting thing in sports to me. It's like championship on the line, time is out, balls in the air. That's like the most intense moment in sports for me. But this year it just kind of didn't live up to that expectation or live up to that standard. And so I think a lot of people are just kind of upset about it. But 
you know, it is what it is. Congratulations to the uh, UNC Tar Heels. I think they definitely deserve it. Um, they got a great team over there. And like I said, I don't know enough. I don't know a whole lot about NCAA, but um, I just know there's a lot of fundamental basketball being played, and those guys earned it, clearly. Um, so since we're on, on the topic of college sports, um, let's talk about uh, the women's championship a little bit. I have a little bit of information on it. I didn't watch this one. Um, I probably should have. But in the final four, uh, Morgan William on the women's uh, Mississippi State team, she hit a, a buzzer beater in overtime to send their team to the national title. That is huge. And she's probably their top player. It seemed like it from how much of the how much talk um, was around her in the media. Um, and that buzzer beater ended a 111-game streak of – uh, by of Yukons. So historic streak. They've been a, the dominating team the last several years. And Morgan William goes in there and drains a buzzer beater to, to kick him out of the tournament tournament to go to the championship. And da Dak Prescott was there. He went to Mississippi state and he went freaking bonkers when she hit that shot. Like the people around him just didn't seem to know how to react. They're like, Oh, what just happened? And Dak is just mind blown, jumping up and down, throwing things. It was pretty funny to see. But unfortunately, after such a big win, uh, Morgan William did not have a very good game in the championship, and they went on to lose to South Carolina. South Carolina had some had some some power in the playoffs or in the postseason this year. They, you know, South Carolina goes on to win the women's, and they are also in the final four as a seven seed. You know, a team that really shouldn't be there. Kudos to them. You know, that's that's the beauty of sports. You never know what's going to happen, even though you're a seven seed doesn't really tell you how good of a team you are just because of the number next to your name. But a fun fact I do want to talk about since since this is we're still on college stuff. I I saw an article that the hardwood floor in the for the final four. There it's kind of a big story because, you know, it's the big dance, it's the big stage. Um and Charles on Facebook says plus Clemson if you want to just count the state as a whole. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> uh they won the the football title last year. Um, and I think that's right. If not, that's embarrassing. Whatever. Um, tells you I'm not a professional at this. But the final four floor, the big stage, was harvested. The, the wood for the hardwood floor was harvested in Michigan. I got a tab here. It's called Forest from the Forest to the Final Four. And they talk about like sustainable harvesting, like taking down trees. It says 500 sh sugar maple trees are selected for harvest from 35 acres, leaving 6,500 trees standing. So it's clearly a farm that they're taking these from. Um, it's carefully harvested. And, you know, a lot of, it says with the Nature Conservancy, Connor Sports, that's the people who uh, built the floor, uh, designed it, and I think stained it and all that stuff. Um, says that they hosted an education event with the uh, Taquamanon Area School District in Newberry, Michigan, focused on sustainable forestry and the timber, in timber industry. So they, they make the, the building of the final four floor into an educational thing um, because it's, it gets so much publicity that it's like, why not make this educational and beneficial to people? Um, but they, if you go to connorsports.com slash forest dash two dash floor, um, they should have a thing on their homepage too that shows you where to go. Just look through their infographic there and just kind of look at how the floor is made. It's really interesting. Um, but the cool part is that uh, I'm actually I'm broadcasting from Idaho Falls, Idaho. Everybody who's watching this probably knows that. Um, 
but the floor came to Idaho Falls, Idaho at a Connor's Sports location to get it stained. And Charles mentioned to me he didn't like the asymmetrical aspect of the design, but I actually personally liked it. I see where he's coming from, but like, I think it was just really different. And it kind of has this uh, uh, Native American vibe to it. And, you know, with it being in Phoenix, the desert, I think that that pattern is very prominent in those areas. So it made sense to me, but uh, I mean, go check it out. Go to connorsports.com. I'll give them a little shout out uh, since they came to my hometown to, to finish that floor. Pretty cool little story there. So moving on from college, from NCAA, going to the NFL. Charles says, calling me out. I'm not calling you out, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, Charles. You're, you're putting me on the spot with uh, questions that I don't know the answers to, uh, but I appreciate it. So a little, little tough love coming back at you, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it, so I'll call it that. I love you, man. <laughs> uh, just so you guys know, Charles is not, he's not one of my enemies. He's uh, one of our contributors on the blog. I, I like the dude a lot, so there you go. Um, Alice on Facebook says, my brother is trucking it to Atlanta. That's right. So my, my mother-in-law's brother, he's a truck driver here, and he actually gets to haul the, the final four floor around. So he's taking it from Phoenix to Atlanta, apparently. That's pretty cool. I feel like he should take some pictures, and then I can Photoshop myself into them and be like, hey, I saw it too. <laughs> um. So I'll start with the weak news in the NFL. Uh, Tom Brady got his jerseys back from the last two Super Bowl wins. Apparently a foreign reporter uh, stole them, came into the locker room, just straight up jacked them, put them up online, and uh, the FBI investigated. They found them. Uh, they also found Von Miller's helmet from when they won the Super Bowl. Pretty sure it was the Super Bowl. Um, just weird news, I guess, to share with you guys. It's been in the headlines way too much, in my opinion. But here he goes, throwing it out there again for you. Um, some sad news that came out today. Today, Alice says, I'll see what I can work out for you. Well, hey, if he puts a picture on the Internet, I will probably do that anyways. But hey, and I'll share it with you guys. Everybody who's watching, I'll share it with you. Um, some sad news for a lot of Cowboys fans. Tony Romo officially walks away from the game of football. Um, but he's picked up a, a career in broadcasting. There was a lot of talk about him going into that. So good for him. I, I imagine it's really hard to give up your dream like that and try to find the next big thing. Similar to like Kobe Bryant's story, he, he had something already lined up when he was retiring. Um, but other players, not so much. Like Tony Romo wasn't really expecting it. Um, but honestly, I mean, similar to the Derrick Rose situation, Tony Romo kind of lines up with his story perfectly. You know, always injured. Uh, he's productive when he's in, but... Who knows when he's going to get injured? Uh, this year just happened to be in really, really early in the season. Probably, I think it was like before the season started or in game one. Um, but you got to see the positive in it. His last pass was a touchdown, um, and he's got something to look forward to in broadcasting. Um, I'll be honest; I don't really, I have nothing against the Cowboys or Tony Romo. Um, you just hate to see a guy like that of that caliber walk away from the game um, unwillingly. You know, he wants to keep playing, but his body just won't let him. Um, I could only imagine how that feels. Uh, Becky on Facebook says, Just a note, after Billings, Montana hosted the U.S. Bowling Championship, the bowling lanes were donated to Big Brothers and Big Sisters. That's really cool. I wonder what they're going to do with the, the floor in Atlanta. 
they've, I feel like they should be doing some sort of recycling or um, putting it back into like Habitat for Humanity or something like that. Like your living room could be made out of the hardwood floor from the Final Four. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, that's, that's a cool story. Thanks for sharing, Becky. Um, but uh, more news about the NFL. We've uh, got the draft coming up uh, April 27th to the 29th. Um, Brad on Facebook says maybe you and Tony can hook up and have a sports debate show. Man, I don't know about that. I feel like he would just show me up. I would not stand a chance against anybody. I, I just talk about sports because I like sports, not because I, I know a lot about sports. I, I'm good at making up stuff about sports, and I think that's why um, I'm, I don't know. I, I, don't, I wouldn't stand a chance against Tony Romo. I'd be like, what do you think about the, the 55, 56 Cowboys? How about that team, huh? And I'll be like, bro, that was before my dad was born. <laughs> What makes you think I can't I I can't use the internet and look back that far? The internet wasn't wasn't around back then, so <laughs> just kidding. I could do all the research I wanted to, but um there's so many things to cover being a one man thing. Maybe as we get bigger, you know, I can focus on special things in sports, but we'll see. Um so talking about draft day, the top five uh picks, uh Charles sorry, Charles weren't he says, Cowboys weren't a team in 55-56. Gosh, Kyle. See, you have the internet right at your fingertips. You're not broadcasting to the world, and you can just be like, oh, let me prove Kyle wrong. <laughs> just kidding, Charles. I, if that's true, there's some good information for you. Cowboys weren't around back then. I'm just making stuff up as we go here, guys. I hope you know that. Um, but the first five picks in the draft are going to be the Cleveland Browns, obviously, San Francisco 49ers, uh, Chicago Bears, Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Tennessee Titans, uh, which was acquired uh, via trade. Um, Brad says, I don't think they were in the 70s either, or 80s. Becky on Facebook also says, other sad news, Dwight Clark, the catch, diagnosed with ALS. That is sad to hear. Gosh dang it. Why are they taking the good ones from us? That's sad. He'll, I'm sure he'll put up a good fight. Brad, you're crazy, says Charles. <laughs> um, so, anyways, that's pretty much all I have for the NFL, except one thing. If you read the title, there is a, a, a news story that broke today that Marshawn Lynch was spotted at the Oakland Raiders practice facility. And according to NFL.com, Lynch, Marshawn Lynch, told the Raiders he intends to unretire. How about that? That is some exciting stuff. Oh, my goodness. So Marshawn Lynch is probably one of my favorite athletes ever just because of what he, how he just sort of did things his own way. Um, he has a very special running style where he just kind of, he's really patient, has that sidestep, but then he's got the power to push guys off of him and throw them around. Um, but then if you look at any of his videos online on YouTube or anything like that, the guy is, he's a monster. I think the, the famous replay is against the saints when he, he breaks through the, the pile of linemen somehow he gets through and he just starts running down the field, stiff arming everybody and throws Darren Sharper off of him and then jumps into the, into the end zone, uh, with a special celebration that he invented. 
Um, and so when I see that he's planning to unretire and come back, that makes me really excited about football again. Um, I saw that the Seahawks GM was – everybody's speculating on whether the Seahawks GM was going to let him leave the Seahawks and play for the Raiders because I guess technically he's still um, under contract with the Seahawks or something like that. Um, Charles on Facebook says, are the Seahawks losing their position with Marshawn Lynch leaving them and not even considering them for a return from retirement? And then there are trade rumors concerning Richard Sherman. Oh, man, it really could be. I I don't think Richard Sherman's going to leave the Seahawks, though. I think that uh, he has too much much in Seattle to want to leave that team. Um, And, I mean, their team really isn't that bad. I mean, mean, last year they didn't – they kind of fell flat uh, there towards the end of the season. But I don't know. It's kind of a tough call. If they – if Marshawn came back, I think that would bring some life back to the city of Seattle – but they still have Russell Wilson, one of the greatest quarterbacks in the game right now. Uh, if Richard Sherman pl- decides to leave, I think that um, they have some guys in the roster that would step up. Uh, but obviously, Sherman brings a lot to that team. He, he's been getting burned a little bit this season anyways. So maybe him thinking about moving to another team will help him get his mojo back or something like that. Uh, they're definitely not the team they used to be, though. So I'll say that much. But Marshawn Lynch... Plans to her. He intends to unretire. So look for that in your news in your news feed in the coming days. <laughs> oh my goodness! But that that right there is all I've got for you guys. Um, covered everything from MLB, fantasy baseball, uh, NCAA, NFL. Um, so now we get to go into what seems to be a pretty popular segment of the show, which is. The weekly question. I always try to leave you guys with a question that makes you think inwardly about you and your relationship to sports, and I had a new one for you last week. The question was, if you could hang out with any athlete for a day, who would it be? And if you could give me some reasons why I'd, um, why you would choose them, that's that's good. Um, so I want to get into it. I, I pretty much just I posted something up on Facebook, and I um, just let the conversation happen and see who posted there. So I'm going to pull that up real quick, and we can talk about it. So Jason on Facebook says that this one may throw you off a bit. The athlete I would most like to hang out with is Dale Earnhardt Sr. Not junior, senior. He, in my opinion, is the greatest driver to ever get behind the wheel. And my response was that I I actually remember watching Dale Earnhardt Sr. drive. Um, One of my friends back in elementary school, I remember as like fifth grade, huge Dale Earnhardt fan, like senior and junior, and... And then the accident happened, and Dale Earnhardt Sr. passed away. And that was, like, so hard on him and his family. They were so close to NASCAR and watching the Dale Earnhardt family race. So that was a really sad moment for them. But um, uh, Jason says he can remember everything about that situation and how that, how that played out. Um, and then uh, Tony on Facebook says, Gronk might be fun to hang out with. And I had to agree. <laughs> If you saw any of the highlights of him smashing beers and chugging them on the the, the parade bus or the party bus <laughs> um, after they won their championship this year, he does seem like a pretty fun guy to hang out with. Plus, he was in WWE. He was he hopped up on the ring. I, I guess as he was climbing over the wall, the security didn't know that he was actually in the show or he wasn't getting in the ring. And they tried stopping him. He was like, no, no, I belong here. 
And so he goes in the ring, and uh, I think there's two guys going at it. I don't, I don't watch WWE, but there are two guys, like, fighting each other in the corner of the ring opposite of him. He gets down at a football stance, of course. Makes sense. It's Gronk. And he just, just charges at him and knocks him over, and that's the end of the highlight. I don't know. Gronk, he seems like a pretty fun guy to hang out with. If you go over to the Facebook page, um, again, most of you are watching it from here, but facebook.com slash abstractsports. Um, look at the recent post, and there's a video I put in the comments there. Um, Marshawn Lynch and Rob Gronkowski play Mortal Kombat X. And it was before the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Um, it's hilarious. You're going to want to go check that out. Um, so before we continue on with the questions, let's see. Becky says on Facebook, Shades of Brett Favre. <laughs> Brad's favorite favorite player of all time is Dan the Man Marino. And that's that's one of those quarterbacks I grew up uh, watching and, and imitating when I was playing with my friends. Charles says, Anthony Rizzo is his favorite player. He's about our age. He likes to party. He volunteers to help kids a lot. Solid guy that can have some fun. Plus, you know his girlfriend has to save some has to have some hot friends, LOL. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. Uh, I saw the special on him uh, on Sunday night baseball when they were playing the Cardinals. I think it was after the game they did a little special on him, um, talking about his journey to being a professional baseball player and then um, being diagnosed with cancer and the recovery process of that, um, how he managed that with his personal life and playing professional baseball. Um, but then going on to be a world champion for none other than the Chicago Cubs. Pretty awesome story, really inspiring stuff. But I agree, Anthony Rizzo seems like a guy that I like went to high school with, and I, I feel like I could just sit down and have a conversation with him because he's so humble and just chill. Um, but of course, got to have the hot friends tagging along. <laughs> uh, Becky, Becky on Facebook says, Pete Rose and Shoeless Joe Jackson, betting on baseball, worth it. <laughs> Is betting on baseball worth it? I don't know. It kind of kind of hurts Pete Rose. I know that, or it did hurt him. Um, Pete Rose, you know, watching him on, he's on some of the panels for the MLB, and I have to be honest, I don't really like him as a, as a one of those guys. He's he seems very strongly opinionated for somebody that's on a panel like that. Um, but I'm I'm going to be watching a lot of football or baseball this year, so maybe he'll grow on me a little bit. Um, and then Brad on Facebook also says Johnny football woohoo party. <laughs> well, we all know Johnny likes to do that. Um, I heard that. I think I heard from the internet. I don't know if I believe it, but apparently he's engaged or getting married or something like that. I kind of wonder. The dude. I I don't know if he can 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 put in that kind of commitment. You know, it seems like he has other priorities. Kind of like with football, it's like I'd rather party, rather do drugs and stuff. Um, but <laughs> interesting answers, guys. I really appreciate it getting involved in the chat. Like so many comments, forty-two comments right now on Facebook. What's going on? I love it. So back to the Facebook answers to that question. Who, if you could hang out with an athlete for a day, who would it be? Uh, my buddy Andrew says, for me, it's a toss-up between Chipper Jones and Derek Jeter. Ultimately, I'd have to stick with Jones, being a Braves fan. But both are incredible athletes and leaders, and and I I am totally behind him on the Derek Jeter part. Um, I didn't I don't know enough about Chipper Jones as a person. Uh, when I was younger, he's one of those guys that I also used to imitate when I was playing baseball with my friends. But I don't know enough about him as a person to be able to say I'd want to hang out with him. But Derek Le Derek Leader, 
Derek Jeter is one of those guys that I look up to a lot. I mean, I like I was saying before, I don't watch a whole lot of baseball. I'm kind of getting into it this year with the Fantasy Baseball League and everything. But Derek Jeter is one of the most he's, – he's a smart guy. He was really good at what he did. And I think what I look up to him the most for is what he did uh, with his platform after he finished baseball. It's like kind of like the Kobe Bryant thing. When Kobe retired, he sort of had this uh, big idea of uh, trying to educate the youth on certain um, aspects in life relating to sports, which is something that this podcast and this this blog is all about. Um, and Derek Jeter kind of went with this thing that has never been done before, where he's getting professional athletes' perspectives on certain things in sports. So you have you have the media. I mean, it's, if you know anything about him, it's the Players Tribune. It's all over Facebook. It's all over all the other sports outlets. They share his stuff because it's really good. Um, but basically he created a essentially a blog uh, where professional athletes can tell their stories from their perspective. And you always have the media that's jumping in there trying to create their own stories. And, and what better way to get the real story than hear it from the athletes themselves? So, like, when a certain team wins the championship, sometimes they'll have stories – that are lined up for those players so that when they win the championship, they drop that story when it's going to be a hot, hot topic and you hear it straight from that player's mouth. I think that it's like the most brilliant idea um, of what you can do with your sports platform when you leave the game. So I have a lot of respect for Derek Jeter and uh, thank you, Andrew, for bringing up that question or that answer um, for the podcast. And he, he actually replied and said, I'm guessing you'd go hang out with Kobe. And I said, uh, you know, I would because he's my favorite player and, you know, I'd like to pick his brain about sports and um, and business and kind of like how to merge ideas between two platforms like that because this blog is very big in that idea. But I feel like there's other players that I'd rather hang out with. Like the, the players that I like to hang out with, I would like to hang out with are the ones that would just be so cool so chill that, you know, because they're a professional athlete, I'm not phased by it. Somebody like like Steph Curry, like, you know, he's a superstar, unanimous MVP, two-time MVP, and but he just seems like one of those guys you could just shake his hand and be like, hey, man, how's it going? You know, that's the kind of player I want to hang out with. Somebody like LeBron James, it would, I feel like I'd be so high-strung the entire time because I'm like, oh, my gosh, this guy, he's he's LeBron James. You know what I mean? Steph Curry is like, hey, I'm willing to take a pay cut. All I care about is winning games. And, you know, it's whatever. And his recent story that came out was like, yeah, I'm, people are saying I'm having a down year. So what? Five points a game less? Who cares? We're still winning games. That's all that really matters. So obviously I like Kobe because he's like my childhood guy. But people like Steph Curry who are so humble and they seem so chill that even the – the biggest fan can be comfortable around them without getting starstruck. That's the type of player I'd want to be around. Um, but I think Shaq would be pretty fun too because he's just a character and I feel like he'd make it easy for me to talk to him. Although hanging out with a shorter basketball player might be a little less awkward because then I'm not like, you know, I get in Shaq's car to hang out with him and, and I just I feel like I feel like a tic-tac in a haystack. I don't know. I just made that up, by the way. <laughs> You're welcome. But I don't know. It, it, 
I also think Steve Nash would be a cool guy to hang out with. He's like he's kind of a goofy guy, kind of like myself, so I can relate. But he's also somebody that I like to watch growing up. Um, I mean, he's I think he's an assistant coach now, or like a shooting coach. So I, I don't know. He has he has YouTube videos out where he's talking about where he pretends he's Batman. He like jumps around his apartment. I'm Batman. <laughs> that's that's like something I would do. Probably. I may not film it, but I probably do that. And then on Facebook, Alice says, John Smoltz. And then she says, I thought about Larry Bird. Nobody has a head for the game of basketball like Larry Bird. However, Larry Bird doesn't seem like a chatty kind of guy. John Smoltz is an amazing person on top of being an amazing athlete. He had success as a starting pitcher and then fought his way back from an injury to become an amazing relief pitcher. He's personable, and I love to listen to him com- commentate because he has a great head for the game of baseball as well as a sense of humor. He's also what seems like a very charitable and nice person, and I could talk to him while we play golf. So apparently he golfs. So I mentioned short basketball players, and everybody's just yelling, Muggsy Bogues, you'd be taller than him. <laughs> Have you seen how Muggsy Bogues dresses? His pants are huge. Like, they've got to be custom-made because, like, I don't know how pants that baggy could fit around his waist. Like, and it's not like he's wearing Jinkos or something weird where they're meant to be big or bell-bottoms. He's wearing dress pants that are just, like, huge. <laughs> it's kind of funny. But Spud Webb, no. Nah, I, I mean, it seems like he'd be a cool guy, but I don't know enough about him either. And then, let's see, Becky earlier said, nope, Rose is a jerk but knows baseball and was the king of hustle. Yeah, it seems like he could have been involved with the mob. He seems like one of those guys, like, yeah, come to the private club. The password is shenanigans, and we'll see you down there. And then he starts betting on baseball. I don't know. He just looks like the type. So that's pretty much, oh, I guess there were some more replies to that one thing. Tony on Facebook said that she, she met a reporter from ESPN once, and he he asked her this question, and she said, Larry Bird. And this ESPN reporter said that he, he hated interviews with him. He said he was aloof and not friendly at all. And if you've watched him play basketball, I wouldn't want to play against him. He'd, he, he was all about just trying to win. And even off the court, that was his mindset. But my favorite story of him is when he came to a game one day, and he's like, you know what, I'm going to shoot this one left-handed. And he puts up like 35 points. Got to go watch the highlights on that. That's ridiculous. Like, I'm sort of ambidextrous, but I can't do that. That's crazy. But Tony also says she loves John Smoltz. So we've got a good variety of answers on this one. I I love to see that. We got a little bit of NBA. Got a little bit of NFL. We got some baseball. Man, we had a good spread. Um... You even got players from different eras like Dan Marino, Anthony Rizzo, Brett Favre to Gronkowski. But I think that my the player I'd probably want to hang out with the most is is somebody like Steph Curry, who just super chill. It doesn't even have to be Steph Curry. Just people like him who are humble enough that their their popularity doesn't get in the way of them being a human being. So that's my answer to that question. It's a little vague, but whatever. Deal with it. <laughs> so, got a question for you guys for next week. So you're going to want to think about this. You can email it to us. You can tweet it at us. You can message me if you know me personally. Uh, I, feel, I think it'll provide some good content for the podcast. Um, a lot of cool stories come out of these kinds of answers. So the question for next week is, 
if you could go back in time to watch one game in person, which game would you pick? Again, it could be any sport, could be any team, could be any situation. This one could be interesting because obviously if you're, if, you're an, if you're an older viewer, you have a wider variety of games that you think would be really cool to see or like something that you've experienced and want to do it again. Um, or somebody like me who's like, I'm a fan of this team and you know what, I'll just leave it at that. I don't, there's so many cool answers that can come, with, come from this one. So again, if you could go back in time to watch one game in person, any sport, any team, which game would you pick? And I have to give a shout out to my friend AJ from Dapper Sports for the question. I asked him for some, some pointers today and he's like, he just rattled off a ton of good ones. And I was like, dude, you got it. So go over to dappersports.com, check out some of his content. Uh, I actually designed his website for him and he puts out a lot of great content. He's a content writer for a living. Um, he's really big into sports and fashion, how they collide. Uh, so you want to go check that out, dappersports.com. So email me your answer to, your, to the question. You can email us at hello at abstractsports.com, and maybe we'll use your answer in the podcast next time. seems like this segment starts to get a little bit long, so I'll, I might have to cut some of the answers off, but um, just submit some good ones, and it'll probably get featured. Uh, if you want to get involved with Abstract Sports, head over to abstractsports.com. There are some important links in the footer um, to get you started on writing with Abstract Sports and, and just getting in touch with us. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Please drop a comment. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, feedback is always good. And be sure to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash abstractsports uh, and Twitter at abstractsports. And that's abstractsports with a K. But it's been a great podcast today, guys. I really appreciate, appreciate you all coming through. Seems like we've got a, probably one of our bigger streams yet with all the comments. So thanks for coming through and sharing your stories and, and uh, sparking up the conversation a bit. But that's all I've got for you today. So thanks for tuning in. I'm Kyle Richards, and you just listened to the Abstract Sports Podcast. I'll see you next Wednesday.